0: everybody. That's the the most epic intro that I get all year round. There we go. But uh, how you guys have been enjoying at the movies so far, huh? Yes, it is the best, best time of year where you get to have popcorn and drinks inside the church. It is fantastic. Okay. Uh, If you do it any other month, we probably wouldn't fuss at you either, but at least this month we provide it for you. Okay. We provide it. But, uh, and also, if you're wondering, uh, the popcorn up here—it's not a prop. Okay, I, I had to uh, brush off some popcorn kernels from Pastor Ben the past two weeks off of the table. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's real popcorn. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we love at the movies. If you love at the movies, can you go ahead and put your hands together for all the dream teamers who made it possible—from decorating the foyer to getting the popcorn and drinks and everything ready for you to. Changing your baby's diaper while you watch the movie, everybody. You can't get that at the movie theaters, you know? So, uh, we appreciate the Dream Teamers so much. They're fantastic. And uh, also, uh, I I think this is kind of really, this is the most special year of At The Movies that we've done it so far, because 2020, am I right? You know? So, (laughs) I don't think, has anyone in here actually stepped foot in a movie theater since March? Anybody? This is the closest that we've got to it, right? This is it. This is we should we should charge admission Monday through Saturday. No, okay. Uh, I'm about to get myself in trouble. Anyways, uh, so Pastor Ben's message last week uh, if you if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, it is on uh, the podcast app. It is absolutely fantastic. I really suggest you listen to it. It was on the life of Harriet Tubman, and it was so incredibly powerful. Uh, this week, I get to follow up, and today uh, I get to uh, talk about one of my. Favorite series in all of English literature, and I am going. We're going to cover The Hobbit today, everybody. Yes, I I love The Hobbit, and when I say The Hobbit, I know some of you guys are out there right now thinking, "But wait, isn't The Hobbit a trilogy? Isn't The Hobbit almost nine hours worth of film?" <laughs> Pastor Kirby, are you tell me, you're dumb enough to try and condense nine hours of film into a thirty minute message? Yes, I am. Okay, we're gonna do it. Okay, but before we get into it, uh, I have a fun little game I want to play with you guys. A few years ago, uh, to prove my Lord of the Rings uh, nerdiness, a few years ago, I actually did Lord of the Rings, a trilogy uh, at the movies, and we played a little game at the beginning called the Lord of the Rings or the Word of the Lord, and uh, it's it's making a comeback. Okay, so today is the Hobbit. Or the Bible. All right, I've got five quotes. We're gonna throw them up there, and when it's up there, I want you to shout out the Hobbit or the Bible. Okay, here we go. The first one. May the wind under your wings bear you where the sun sails and the moon walks. Is that the Hobbit or the Bible? I hear the Hype, the Hype, the Hype? What is it? What do we have? It is the Hobbit. There you go. Pat yourself on the back. And if you get all of these right, Either you are a Bible whiz or a hobbit nerd. We don't know which one, okay? But we're just going to trust it's the better one. Okay, number two. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. Is that the hobbit or the Bible? I hear a lot of the hyble, the the bobbit. Pull it up. What is it? It is the Bible. Psalm chapter 10, verse 7. Anybody two for two so far? There we go not that many okay all right number three is a lion has come out of his lair a destroyer of nations has set out he has left his place to lay waste your land your towns will lie in ruins without inhabitant is that the hobbit or the bible (laughs) pull it up it is the bible jeremiah 4 7 that's not one to write on a graduation card okay number four I come from under the hill, and under the hills, and over the hills, my paths led. And through the air, I am he that walks unseen. Is that the Hobbit or the Bible? It is? The Hobbit. There you go. See, if he would have been capitalized, you may have thought it was the Bible. Anyways, okay, number five. Surely you don't disbelieve the prophecies because you had a hand in bringing them about yourself. You don't really suppose, do you, that all your adventures and escapes were managed by mere luck just for your sole benefit. Hobbit or the Bible? It is the Hobbit. Anybody five for five? Where are we? Whoa. These are Bible scholars, everyone, not Hobbit nerds. OK, they're they're, they're Bible scholars. Uh, I love that last quote. Keep that one up there for just, for just a second because it really uh, hits at the main theme of the message, the really the main theme, I believe, of the story of The Hobbit. And that is the theme of adventure. The theme of living a life that's not just a life of comfort, but a life of significance and adventure. And so uh, The Hobbit uh, really needs no introduction, even though I just tried to give it one. So let's jump right in at the beginning as the wizard Gandalf comes up to our little hobbit uh, right to his front door with a proposal. ...for an adventure. They're very good at calling you out of sin... ...calling you from what you need to leave... ...but they don't always do the best job... ...of telling you what they're calling you into. And now I'm not going to sit here and say that churches shouldn't call you out of sin... ...because honestly the Bible says we're all sinners. But the reality is, is that the Bible calls us out of sin... ...and into significance... It's not just calling us out of the old way of things, but calling us into adventure. Just like the wizard Gandalf is saying, it'll be very good for you and most amusing for me. I love that line. And uh, we might think it's a little ridiculous how the Hobbit says, you know, it's a nasty, uncomfortable thing. It makes you late for dinner. But uh, we might say that's ridiculous. You know, how could somebody say no to adventure just for dinner? But if we swap out the words, you know, we could say they're nasty, uncomfortable things, adventure. They, they make you late for Netflix. And then it makes a little more sense. You know, <laughs> I spent six hours doing what? You know, <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. But I think this is the main point from that first clip. And that is this is we as believers, God has created us for a life of adventure. And we can't ever value life as we know it over life as we know it should be. God has created us for adventure and we can't stay in the same place just for comfort, just for the same old, the same old. Now the significance in the adventure that he invites Bilbo on, our hobbit, this adventure is, it's epic. It's to uh, go to this mountain kingdom to help this ragtag, small little group of dwarves to, to steal back their kingdom, their, their mountain kingdom, full of treasure that was stolen from them by an evil dragon. It's an epic, huge, sweeping story, uh, but in that little small ragtag group, there is a wizard, there's Gandalf, there's a king, there's some warriors, but... Gandalf says, if they're to steal back what is rightfully theirs, they're missing a burglar. Uh, my favorite line from that clip that I want to key in on is when Gandalf makes himself a bit bigger and he says, if I say Bilbo Baggins is a burglar, then a burglar he is. Now, as I watch that and I, I, I see what he says and his hope and uh, what he knows that Bilbo is capable of, I'm brought to mind of the scripture where the Lord looks at us, and this is what he says in Jeremiah 29:11. He says, "I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord. "They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future." God knows exactly what we're capable of when He calls us into a life of significance and a life of adventure. He knows now. Just like we said in the last clip, you know, God calls us out of a life of sin and into a life of significance. And we see in this scripture, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to call you out of a life of not prospering, to call you out of that life that keeps harming yourself, you know, plans to call you into hope and a future, out of sin into significance. There's plenty of times in our life, just like in there, where they say, "Ah, uh, yeah, he He's not what he's not what you say he is. He's not that. There's no way. There's plenty of times where people will come along, they'll try and count us out. They'll they'll try and count us out when we believe that there's deliverance for us. When we believe that there's freedom on the other side, when we believe that we're capable of change, they look from the outside in and they say they'll never change. They say they'll always be the same, they'll never be free. They're always going to be stuck in that addiction. They're always going to be stuck in that depression. They're always going to be stuck in that sin. But God's Word says, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And just like I think that that verse of Who who the sun sets free is free indeed, the Gandalf translation says, If I say they're free, then they're free. Never ever believe what someone else says about you. Over what God says about you, if God says it, it's true. Now, in the next clip, after their journey is on their way, it, you know they they set out for the mountain to reclaim the mountain from the dragon to steal it back from him. Uh, but on their way, they're trapped by some hungry trolls, and while Bilbo may think that still think that he has nothing to offer, he begins to show in this next clip some glimpses of what he has to offer. See, it uh, begins to be clear, even to the dwarf king who doesn't believe in him, that Bilbo does have something to offer. He does bring something to the table. And the truth is, really, that's the same for all of us in this room as well, is that we all have something to bring to the table. Uh, The Bible is, is so incredibly clear about this, especially in contrast to all the other religions on the face of the earth. Uh, we're elevated uh, in the, the eyes of God, even to the point where Paul says we are co-laborers with Christ. We are, we are literally Jesus' co-workers on the face of the earth to really accomplish the mission that he has for this earth. It's an amazing, amazing thing. We all have gifts. That's what the Bible says. We all have gifts to live out this adventure. But the truth is, we're never going to discover our gifts If we're watching six hours of Netflix every night, if we're scrolling, you know, there's so many counterfeits, I believe, in this life uh, as opposed to the gifts that we have. God has given us all these gifts, but, you know, the devil has all these counterfeits for God's true life of adventure. You know, I've, uh, I've studied all the places in the Bible where Paul talks about. Uh, you know, he lists out the spiritual gifts that we all have to live out this life of an adventure to to accomplish God's mission. And uh, none of the Greek words in the New Testament about the spiritual gifts, none of them translate to arguing on Facebook. You see, the devil has all these things in 2020 in America right now where we can do something like that, like arguing on Facebook or playing a video game, and we come away with this feeling like we've accomplished something, but in the reality, the truth is, what did we accomplish? There's there's counterfeits, and the whole reason that there is a counterfeit is because that the devil wants to keep us dormant. And the truth is, the truth is, you know, being on Facebook isn't, isn't a sin, it's not evil. Playing a video game is not evil, it's not a sin. But if it keeps us from the life of adventure that God has called for us, the life of significance and making a difference in the world, we can't ever value a life of comfort over a life of significance. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says this, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, not to sit around, Not to just be comfortable all the time, but to do good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We all have been created for good works. We all have something that we bring to the table. In the next clip, uh, the dwarves and and, and Bilbo, the hobbit, they've all made it finally to the mountain. They finally made it to the, the mountain to take back their kingdom from the dragon. They're finally there. Now, Bilbo is sent in there. Because in that huge pile of treasure, there's one stone that is more important than anything else in there. It's called the king's jewel, the arken stone. And the king, Thorin, wants it so badly because it will say that he is the rightful heir. It's, a, it's the most treasured object in the entire treasure. But when Bilbo gets in there, he comes face to face with the dragon. He comes face to face with the literally the face of evil in this story. And I think we'll be kind of surprised maybe that the things that this serpent has to say sometimes echo what the serpent, the enemy of our souls, has to say. And when he runs into the dragon, the dragon tries to discourage him or eat him, whichever comes first. He has a magic ring, by the way. Did I mention that? Turns him invisible. Okay. For more backstory, you have to watch the whole movie. But, uh... (laughs) So many times in uh, our life when we're right on the cusp of significance, when we're right on the edge of making a difference, when we're right on the threshold of really stepping into the life that God has for us, the enemy is there to discourage us. He's there to tell us that uh, you're just being used. Oh, you're insignificant or your life is worth nothing. But the Bible says something that is Completely contrary to that. The Bible speaks to the significance of every human being. The Bible speaks to it over and over and over again. again, we can't let someone else's words override the truth of what God's word says. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world, so valued the world, found each one of us in the world so significant and important that He died on the cross for us, that He gave His life so that we could have everlasting life with Him. I love in First Peter 2, verse 9, it says this, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Bilbo does something. He, he, he models something for us that when the devil comes in and his words seem to just boom in your ears, he just says, no, no, that's not true. That's a lie. And we can remind ourselves of the truth of God's word when he says on days that you don't feel holy, this scripture is still true and you are still a holy nation. On days that you don't feel like you're royalty, it's still true that you are a royal priesthood. On days that you don't feel like anybody would choose you, you are still God's chosen people. This word, this scripture, it is true every day of the week, no matter how we feel. No matter what the enemy comes in trying to say about our insignificance, God's word is there as an everlasting testimony to how much we are loved and how much we bring to the table that God would want to use us to accomplish his mission on this earth. It's amazing, amazing his love for us. Now that dragon ends up being killed. They end up taking the mountain. And this clip that we're going to end up on, it might not seem like it's big, an adventure. I had another clip I was going to end on with a sword fight and all this kind of stuff. But really the truth is, is this next clip that we're going to watch is truly, it's it's the bravest thing that happens in this story. And what happens is the dragon, they kill the dragon, and the, the dwarves get their treasure back and everything. But the king Thorin begins to truly have his heart corrupted by the money and the greed and everything there—he he begins to to fall away. He begins to truly turn to where he's mistreating other people. He's starting to live a path that he's not supposed to live. Spart- starting to walk down a path that he's not supposed to be walking down. He turns on—he uh, turns on his allies. He he turns on people that should be his friends, and he treats them like enemies. He's starting to go down this path, and Bilbo does. I think what is the most courageous thing in this entire story, he goes and he tries to save his friend. Now, what he's doing in this clip, the the reason why it's so significant, he gives away everything that he had earned from facing down a dragon, from almost having his arms ripped off by trolls from all the adventure, from all the months and months of travel through rain and snow and risking his life over and over and over again. What he said was, this this is my 14th share of the treasure. This is everything I earned from this. And I'm going to give it all away. Just with the hopes that maybe I could save my friends. Now, the amount of money that he was giving away, it was a massive fortune. You saw all the gold and the, the dragon scene, and that was just a glimpse of all the, the treasure and money that was in there. And instead, he chose to give it all away so that he could save his friends if he could. All that gold, all that fortune, it doesn't even begin to compare to what Jesus gave away for you and for me to save us on the cross. John 15, 13, Jesus says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. He was speaking to what he knew he was about to do. It wasn't wasn't this confident braggadocio. It It was Jesus saying, I know that what I'm about to do is about to just show the example, the truest, purest, strongest example of love that will ever grace the face of the earth he did it to echo the words of our hobbit that we're looking at today to save his friends if he could the truth of the matter is is that it's it's not up to jesus and his ability whether or not he saves us it's up to our choice and our faith of whether or not we'll accept the gift of forgiveness that he gives us on the cross Jesus gave away everything. He gave away His blood. He gave away His life to pay a price for you and for me so that we could could die ourselves to the old way, to the old way of sin, to the old way of doing things, to life as we know it so that we could cross over into life as we know it should be. The truth of this whole story Later on at the end, Thorin does change. He leaves the path of evil and comes out and he fights this incredible battle against another evil that's come against all those allies that you saw in this last clip. But the battle never would have been won if Thorin had never changed and Thorin never would have changed if Bilbo hadn't come and sacrificed and given everything and Bilbo never would have given everything and sacrificed if he had never stepped foot out of his door. Everything that happens in this whole story never would have happened if he wouldn't have taken the first step. And that is the opportunity that we all have in front of us today. Is about living a life of adventure, living a life of significance. Now, you may have heard from a church before what you've got to step out of, and I'm not going to disagree. We all are sinners. The Bible says that even me up here on this stage... With the microphone, it doesn't mean I'm any less sinful than anybody else. We are all sinners and we're all called to step out of it. But the truth is we're called to step out of sin and into significance. Called to step out of a life that's all about me and all about making myself feel good. And step into a life that's all about changing the world with the life-giving message of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, this: if if you've never heard that the Christian life is an adventure, you, you haven't been listening to the right people. I mean, just little old me, the past few years, I've gotten the chance to smuggle resources into communist Cuba. and I've gotten a chance to be on a, a jungle mountain in Haiti, a few hundred feet from a witch doctor's hut, as we fit eyeglasses on people so that they could see again for the first time in decades and tell them the good news of Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. The life that God offers us is a life of adventure. And that's not to mention the countless battles fought in the Spirit every day, battling against your flesh, battling against yourself, battling against the forces of evil that want to keep us dormant, that want to keep us down, that want to keep us in bondage. When Jesus has a life of significance right there waiting for us. God calls us into adventure, out of sin and into significance. But the truth is we all have to take the first step. And so that's what I want us to do today. Everybody, wherever you're at, I just ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes just so that there's nobody looking around, so that nobody has to feel uncomfortable. But the truth is, the the act of taking the first step is really just accepting what Jesus has done for us. Accepting the fact that we already are free. That He says you're free because He died on the cross and He paid His blood so that we could truly be free from sin free from addiction if you would like to accept the gift that Jesus offers if you would like to accept forgiveness if you would like to be made new and step out of the old life and step into the new we want to pray with you we want to lead you in a a, a short prayer it's not magic words it's truly the faith in your heart the, the meaning that you have behind the words just meaning the words that's what's important if you want to do that, I just want to ask that you raise your hand. Nobody looking around, nobody's going to make you feel uh, embarrassed or anything like that. But I just want to, I'm going to count to three. And at three, if you want to pray that prayer, we're going to lead you in it. And we're all going to pray it. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to go ahead and raise your hand this morning. One, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Two, God loves you. 3. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. That's awesome. I see those hands. So proud of you. That's fantastic. All right, church. Let's let's go ahead and pray these words out loud. Everybody say these words out loud and it's again, it's not the, the words. It's not some magic formula. It's, it's your heart coming to God, and asking for forgiveness. That's it's the faith that we put in him that saves us. Nothing, not the words, it's the faith. So church, let's go ahead and all say these words, pray these words out loud to God together. Everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving everything for me. Thank you, God, that I could be made new. So God, I accept your forgiveness today. I step out of the old life. God, I step away from my sin. And I commit my life to you. I step into the life that you have for me. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you give to me. I pray that you'd open my eyes to the gifts you have for me. And God, help me to make a difference in this world for you. In Jesus' name, We pray. Amen. Church family, can we go ahead and put our hands together for those who raised their hands this morning, gave their lives to Jesus. The best decision you can make in your life. We are so incredibly proud of you, church. That is going to conclude our message for the day, our service. Uh, So thank you guys so much for being here. God bless you guys. And we will see y'all next week. God bless.